Probably science. I am Andy Wood. With me, as always, is Matt Kirshen. Hello. And Brooks Whelan. Hey, Andy Wood. And this is going to be your week in half-assed science, as always. We take a look Whoa, at this hey, week's... you're doing ass already? To start <laughs> us off, we're swearing? Someone's hit the A word. Oh, my God. Someone I, dropped the A-bomb. I did just find out this week my parents listened to this podcast, so I should... So uh, let's clean it up, yeah. okay? Yeah, now they know you've got a potty mouth. Let's fucking clean it up. Have you guys well ever done, Mr. Your, and Mrs. Wood. Have you guys gotten your mouths washed out with soap before in your lives? Ever? Uh, no. Never? No, that is, that, is that a thing that people actually do? I no, I grew up same. in uh, in like the 1980s. Like, when yeah, did you I grow up too. in the 60s? <laughs> I was born still, in the late 70s. I was still, still making you made me get the slipper. <laughs> I don't think it's that. That's not as corporal punishment goes. The soap and mud. There's lifetime the movies about moms who made their, their children do that. <laughs> really? It's very negative now. Well, now my parents don't listen anymore, I guess, as of this episode. <laughs> Should we introduce our guest for this show? Certainly. No, let's keep him in the dark. Here's our first topic. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Jesse Case is here. Hey, guys. Hi, Jesse Case. How's it going? Full hey. disclosure, Jesse Case, although a brilliant comic and a veteran of Last Comic Standing, among many other impressive <laughs> credits, also my roommate. Also, also the roommate. lives in my also, house. Also, uh, yeah, yeah. You live in my house, I think. I should say. I, should, I, I moved I've, into his house a year ago. first. We've had parties before, and people don't know I live here. People <laughs> have been like about to do something in my room that perhaps <laughs> they shouldn't, and I have to tell them, like, please leave. And they're like, did, did Andy send you up? I'm like, I live this my rear in my room. Dude, like, just no one knows I live here. Did you not wonder why Andy had photos of me? Yeah. <laughs> He's, he really likes me. Yeah. I do feel bad about that. You've got to assert yourself at parties more. You've got to make it known. You I'm a wallflower carry, at our own parties. Carry I know. yourself with an air of, I live here at a party. Is what what are people do. doing in your room? Like, going to smoke marijuana? or like Sometimes marijuana cigarettes. Ooh. Sometimes some heavy necking is about to go oh down. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. I just got into French kissing recently. Gross. Get in on it, guys. It's mm, a treat. Not for me. Oh, yeah. Why'd you send off for that? Wait, what? Where, how would you send off for that? Yeah, how did you get that? Did you have a how did I get into it? How do you, yeah, like I just heard, I just heard people talking about it, and I was like, oh man, that sounds like. And you just did it. Fun, did you yeah. practice on stuff before? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Like, what did you practice on? Uh, like fruits mostly. Totally. Yeah, I think that made the most sense. Like melons or what kind of? Uh, well, you know, I'm not rich, so I don't have melons okay. hanging around my house. That's mostly true. oranges. Oranges. It's a good place mm -hmm. to start. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why your scurvy's gone away? Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, two birds, one stone. Good at kissing. No scurvy. Yeah. Your parents really listen to this? Uh, I spent last week with my parents uh, skiing out in Montana, and, um, uh, yeah, I talked them into into checking it out. In retrospect, I don't know why I was trying to talk them into it, because now I have to be aware of the fact that they're probably listening from here on out. Dude, that was a terrible week when yeah. you were gone. Oh, was terrible. it really? Really needed you here, buddy. Let's really needed you. <laughs> this, is, this is the section of the show we like to call Blue Bell Update. Okay, let me <laughs> let me give a rundown of like you guys' living situation. Do it, do it. So Andy and Jesse live in like some sort of Roman villa. <laughs> like it is like a six-part house with an awesome it's, backyard. Which is where we are right now, pool. currently reclining, being fed yeah. grapes. Yeah, and then there's a pool house, and then Jesse and Andy live here, plus... Like fifteen other strangers who don't know. <laughs> Two other it's, people. It's like it's like the Facebook house in the Social Network movie. Uh, if if half the tenants were over the age of sixty. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't feel like there's probably a sex slave somewhere in this house, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna find a gimp one day. We're <laughs> there, gonna be looking around. There's a basement I only just discovered two weeks ago. <laughs> wow. Literally, that door a, right there. Yeah, that's a, a basement. basement. Oh, unbelievable! There's an, there's an exterior like door that goes downstairs. Yeah, I didn't you know? know we had a basement, but it's, it's, uh, it's bizarre. We're finding rooms all the time. Yeah. It sounds like a real uh, 
um, fuck, what's that British show? That British, the Lane, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. What's it's it called? Exactly. That's what a show. British show. It's so much that show. You should have knew what the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, C.S. Lewis directed that. Yeah. Direct. He was the showrunner. It's a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. You guys let me talk too much. That's all I know. Yeah, but anyhow, so what happened while I was gone here at Bluebell? That's the you left on what Thursday. Yeah, uh, you left on Thursday morning. Yeah, Wednesday morning. Well, you know, I've been doing the breakup situation. Oh, before we get any further, this is something you're okay with talking about on a podcast. I'm okay with me talking about. Okay, (laughs) you're not afraid that your your ex may listen to this and think that you're still thinking about her more than you should be. Well, why? Well, I don't see the problem there. Unless you don't want her to think that you're just moving on. You got stuff going on in your life. Is that what you're, you're supposed gonna... to do? Yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to text them every five <laughs> oh, minutes. Pictures it... of you crying. Let's keep it. Let's keep it on topic. Scientifically, why did you guys break up? Yeah. Uh, scientifically, well, I felt like our chromosomes just weren't. Uh... She had an extra, and you did. She, <laughs> she, has, she has Down syndrome. Okay. And, uh, and she, she broke was up with missing me, a chromosome. She really was DTF, literally. Like that's. Um, <laughs> wow. Sorry. That's... No, but just it came to one of those breaking points. Like on <laughs> Thursday night, I was sitting outside of your room. I was sitting on the couch, and I was crying so loudly that a light came on in the neighbor's house. <laughs> okay. And, and, uh, Do you reckon like a neighbor really heard need, that and turned on the lights? Really you needed you, buddy. With... <laughs> really needed you, Andy. And that was on the Sabbath. They had to have somebody else turn it on No, it was for on them. the Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, Stuart came outside, and he was like doing Whispers. recycling. Oh. And I yelled at him. I was like, I was like I'll do it. Stuart, I'll do it. Go inside. <laughs> and, um, and I was just like bawling. Don't see me like this. <laughs> Dude, it was brutal. It was brutal. And then you came back in town. Everything's good. Yeah, I'm not thinking about it, though. Like, oh. I'm totally fine. Totally moving on. Already, she's crushing him all day. <laughs> crushing him. Just, <laughs> just going on a tram page. I just, did. Yeah. <laughs> when I came over, it was like a sex party going on. You guys just was in the middle of it. I was like, what the fuck? I know. I know. Yeah, rebounded pretty heavy. <laughs> pretty heavy. How was skiing in Montana, Andy? It was I went, nice. I, I went skiing. This you guys, yeah, you guys are doing some skiing. From the white very dudes. Nice. Very nice. Big Sky, Montana. Some of the some of the biggest skies there are up there. It's bigger <laughs> than most places the sky is. Very large. I got, actually, hey, this is uh, this is sciency. <laughs> I got I got trashed up in Big Bear last night in. Uh, yeah. Trash uh, is a kind of science, right? Yeah. Well, no, I got I got real drunk, and then I was like, "You could probably see the stars great up here." And then, uh, but I didn't know what I was looking at, so I downloaded uh, a stargazing app on my phone, and it's awesome. Like what you point your phone at. I have oh, that. Yeah, we have that app, the, the Google Sky. Oh, it's that awesome. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's incredible. And I was yeah. just like, "Oh, check it out. That's fucking Mars, man." And I was like, "Where's the like? I don't know. Where's Leo?" That constellation, you just plug that into your phone, and then it'll guide you where it is in the sky. Also, so it goes left a bit, up a bit. Yep. It's awesome. No more of those the triple paper wheels I used to have when I was a kid, where you'd have this. You'd oh, have yeah. to. It was like messing with the the actual vinyl cover from Led Zeppelin three. You got these right. things spinning inside of. No, totally. To, I know what you mean. Yeah. And then you you get frustrated with it. Your mom would yeah, wash you your have... mouth out with soap. Yeah. <laughs> when did you grow up, Andy? <laughs> weird. I grew up in another region between when uh, Zeppelin albums were vinyl and I had them, and when uh, this weird fifties household. Was on you grew was... up. You're taking out your protractor. Yeah, we'd get a slide rule going. We'd see what <laughs> five plus nine is. Andy, you've been playing with old man. Copernicus again. <laughs> my parents were not a fan of my heliocentric model. I kept putting forward. <laughs> All right, let's talk about astronomy. Let's let's get into it. Let's uh, do it. Because here's their first topic of today: the Earth is doomed in 2040, guys. It's fucked. We're done. Uh, we have a one in 625 chance 
of an asteroid hitting Earth in 24. So actually, it's probably not done. Is it a specific good. asteroid? Or yeah, yeah, specific asteroid. It was actually one that that came by. We might have covered it. I don't really remember. It came by really close in 2011, um, and it's going on more cycles, and they think it's going to get closer and closer, and the probability uh, is really small, but still sort of How great. old will Bruce Willis be then? Uh, well, I mean, probably bordering on 80 or 90, so we might be able to send him up. But uh, there, um, it's going to be within... 0.02 astronomical units in 2040, which is 1.86 million miles away, which pretty close, guys, because an astronomical unit is the dif- distance between the Earth and the Sun. So, sure. so it's uh, 1.6 so astronomical units, did you say? Point no, 0.02 astronomical units. So 1 units. of the distance. Point zero two. Wow. Right. That is uh, it's like Glendale. But it's still 1 in 600. <laughs> 1 in 625s. That's how many times worse is that than putting a number down well, on, also, on a roulette table? Yeah, you know? no, it's, I mean, like, I wouldn't bet on it. But um, also they said they've only been observing this asteroid for the last nine months, and it's only gone through, like, one-third of its, uh, revol- like, um, revolution, what are they called? Orbit. Orbit. A third of its orbit. So they're like, we need more time, like, a few more years to really calculate where it's going to be, and if it's going to get uh, more likely it'll hit, and less likely it'll hit. And if they see it's probably going to hit in 2023 it's going to be close again and that's when they're gonna try to come up with like uh some sort of defense like send up a nuke or something to it for real wow so i saw a story recently about how about different methods they could use and i think it might have been connected to this story because there are are various different things it's not just that a nuke on one side there's they've got ideas involving solar sails where you use the power of the sun to help, the light from the sun to help right. nudge it. There's, um, I think there's ideas about leaving a thing on the surface that you can use as a booster. Asteroid nudging has gotten very big in Norway. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> it's their version of cow tipping. <laughs> right. It's, it's like a combination of cow tipping and curling. It's yeah. what the Vikings <laughs> used to do. <laughs> I don't even see the point. I mean, for me, 2040 is a good, that's a good long run. I'll have at least. Like, I'm happy with that. Plus, I like, I've said You're it before. You're the worst man ever. No, Fuck I, it. I'm going to be like 59. I'm over it. 63. I, I, I'm of the mind that if I'm going to die, and, and I win, I said, if, if I'm going to die, I'm still not convinced <laughs> it's going to happen. I want it to be what everyone else, I want everyone else to go down with me. Yeah. Like the idea of being in an wow. event that kills everybody. Oh man, that is so a, much more. That's a good idea. Like, what do you guys want to be doing the sec, like the like minute the earth is blown up? What are, what do you want to have doing? Just, I want to be asleep. Oh, that's a terrible Well, actually, idea. here's my no, strategy. I mean, I want to be, like, I don't know. I mean, if I was confident that the whole world would blow up, it just depends. Like, like I'm scared of death, but not the actual death part. Right. Like, not the actual blackness, whatever, nothingness. Like, that doesn't, I wouldn't even be aware of that. I'm not scared of that. I'm just scared of the small amount of possible pain or fear leading up to that. Um, okay. So, oh. if it's going to be some, like, fire and brimstone thing, like, I'm probably just going to tap out the day before. Because yeah, if an asteroid hits the Earth, like, that wouldn't kill everyone well, instantly. That would say, hey, of... we didn't go around and hit this yet, all right? Matt, what are you doing when the... When the... If Earth you know you're dying tomorrow... It's at, obliterated. At, what at are you doing? I think at that moment, I would be finding the best person to turn around to at the moment of impact and say, pull my finger. Oh, I like that. That's <laughs> good. Solid. Good call. Andy? I was going to go with my same strategy, uh, which is very scientifically sound, for if an elevator is falling. All you got to do is jump at the end. Oh, if you're I in like the air, you're, you're exactly. like if a bird exactly. falls up, oh, but you're man. in the air, I, you yeah. don't die. And then everyone else... Just like, get a hang glider. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, jump. just jump at the then. exact time. You're 
six inches off the ground and you live. I'm going out guns blazing, just giving the finger to everybody, (laughs) just up to the sky. You sure it wouldn't be the the suck it? Is that, it wouldn't be the... uh... No, I mean, it's, I think that, you know, the suck it is very... You wouldn't uh, bring back the, the 316? For the end of the world? No, that's very. He gives he gives the finger all the time. I'd be I'd be given just I think. Someone called Steve Austin gives the finger as well. Oh, all the time. Actually, when I went, <laughs> it's bad marketing. No, when I bad went marketing. to uh, I went to a pro wrestling <laughs> event when I was in maybe eighth grade, and you know they have the foam number one finger. I got the foam middle finger. Oh, Austin three sixteen. Edgy, the Whelan family. Fucking love <laughs> letting you take that one. Yeah, home. Exactly. So if this asteroid were to hit, the one in six two five chance happens. How? catastrophic is it for planet earth uh i think it would be like possible well it doesn't say on here but i think that it's big enough that it would be mass extinction like din- we're talking dinosaur level yeah like life so. would still go on in some life form. would go on i mean i'd probably figure out a way to get through it but sure. you guys wouldn't totally I mean, like just the mm-hmm. smarties would get through that yeah how but, about um, that though if you make it through then suddenly you don't have like right now you if you're reasonably intelligent you stand to benefit from the general dumbness of the population because compared to them, like you're, you're okay. Like, that's how you're able to, you're able to get girlfriends because you're smarter than the average person. But now after this, all the dummies have been weeded out. You're only competing with everybody else who is smart enough to survive the apocalypse. If you never know smart gonna... enough, they could just be lucky enough. That's true. Yeah. Like in which case, I don't know. In a post-apocalyptic world, I, you know, I, I think. What if men's... I'm not strong enough. Like, I don't think well, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not fighting enough. At that point, I mean, the, the survival of the fittest coming in really does have to do with strength at that point. I, I'm not sure. I mean, there would be a few geniuses who figure out just the right amount of, you know, water to have in their walls to stop the radiation or whatever. But for the most part, it'd just be really dumb, like, dumb. mountain men yes, that yeah. would live through it. And we would immediately be back to square one. I mean, it would be like a Dark Ages again. Right. Everyone just chest bumps when they greet each other. That's right. the yeah. new way of... Absolutely. My best bet is making a really big guy laugh and become my friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my only it's hope. Like prison. It's prison. It's <laughs> prison. That is my prison, yeah. No, I like the idea of Matt rides around in that guy's shoulder like, when he walks. And he's like, <laughs> there goes Gary and his Brit. Like, that's just on his shoulder. After him, Gary. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't even rhyme. It couldn't even have a master blaster thing going no, on. I like just up on his shoulder and you're just like, Gary, get me food. And he yeah. kills a person. Gary, a nox. <laughs> We're feast for days. If you were the last person, the last man alive, let's say you're the last man left on Earth, it is up to you to repopulate. That's true. But there's like, let's say there's so like, much, so much incestuous, so much incest is going to go on that next generation. What, yeah. Would, I mean, would you do it? Would I have sex with all the women left on Earth? <laughs> what I mean is, would you repopulate? Let's say it's let's say it's like uh, let's say it's like three women, but they're like the ones that work at the Walgreens up the street from here. Like you see them sometimes. You're like, hey, how's it going? You know, you're not that into it. You're saying, do I feel an actual obligation to continue the species? <laughs> yeah. Do no, you feel any obligation no. to the human race? No. Me neither. Why would there be any obligation right. to? Yeah, that's. That's why we're roommates, Andy. Yeah. I've but you know what I do? Two think, of those women. Here's already. something I just thought of, though. If if the strongest, physically strongest, survive, you're going to have way more men than women in this new society, and no society can survive without an equal balance of the genders. Like, sure. think of all the idle. I mean, there's, you're going to. It's it's like the same danger with China having the one child stipulation because so many fewer women have been born because you know they've aborted girl babies. It'll be the first generation that has more men than women. And everyone's concerned because you'll have this giant. Uh, population of men will just be idle. Like they don't have partners. What are they going to do? They're going to form an army and attack somebody. That's what men do if left to their own devices without a woman to compliment them. Like if you're in a society that has way more men than women, right? Shit's going to go down. You're gonna, there's going to be there's going to be massive infighting. There's going to be war. There's going to be yeah. Or really great video gamers. 
Wars. No, nah, it's actually that's a very good point. If they're smart enough, they could just invent some good like simulated. No, I'm just saying that so we're hoping for the survival of Nintendo. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Well, the, all the remains the, is a hundred. Post apocalypse is definitely nowhere you want to be. I no, I hope I go out when everybody else yeah, goes yeah. out. I don't want to be like scraggling around, and be like, "Does you guys have Twinkies?" Like I heard that that happened. They would stay. I'm just. I don't know how anything works. I don't know how to do. It. I mean, I if I survived the apocalypse, I would still be a goner within a month. Here's all I know is from reading The Road. They don't even right. talk about The Road. They don't even talk about what happens. Just like, get a grocery just, card. There's a flash of light. No, but what he does is as soon as this flash happens, you don't know what it is. Uh, right. He fills up the bathtub. I'm like, oh my God, I would never think of that. But yeah, like you know, one thing's for sure. You're going to need fresh water and the water supply to your house might cut off in any second. So he just fills up the bathtub. Right. That's all they mentioned about the actual event but, happening. But the, the way, is all... the, in that book, man, the way they talked about how like within a month he could hear strange chanting on the ridges... And, like, he'd see bonfires in the distance and hear strange chanting. Because he stayed in his house for a month with his kid. His wife just left one night to, like, be raped and killed. Right. So, like, <laughs> well, I'm off. She grabs her coat and scarf. Right. <laughs> Not enough raping around here, so, guys. No, she just walks out on them. She's having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So yes. it's just he and his kid left in the house. They'd been in there for a month living off all the cans or whatever they had, right? Up that's to that, another reason why I'd be to that point. Like, my sh- shopping regime is nowhere Absolutely. near. But our house, our house, we would, we would last a day. <laughs> our refrigerator, day. we should mention in our house, you can't keep any food in the refrigerator because our other roommates will dr- drunkenly eat it or eat it while sleeping. <laughs> Sleep eating happens a lot in our place. <laughs> that's so I have, to, I have to hoard. I slept eight, you guys. Is, uh, no, Jesse's, Jesse's seen it. We're going to start seen documenting seen it. it. <laughs> like, we're yeah. going to start paranormal activity, like setting up cameras, documenting the sleep eating. <laughs> you guys live as sleepy. <laughs> we should have. We will have our, our. I'm sure at some point we'll have my our roommates on as guests. We have to. <laughs> yeah. We have to. Yeah. It would be the best. Yeah. And how you were saying the canned food selection would not be good. Well, I'm just saying that the the whole beginning of that book was. I know it, it was sort of had like flashback sequences to when whatever happened happened, but uh, whatever caused the apocalypse. But in that book. It sort of had the point of view of the apocalypse happening, but very isolated, like from a house. It wasn't right. this global view of it. Yeah. Because yeah. he's not watching the news. There's no news anymore. So it just talked about... I, the line that really stuck with me was the part about, you know, after about a month on the hills, you could start seeing bonfires and, like, strange chanting that was in no, oh, like, language. Man, like, everyone just reverted to You start primal... to realize everyone's just going feral. Yeah, yeah. Out there. That's crazy. You know? And you think about how incredibly scary that is. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. a, there's a show on National Geographic right now called Preppers, and uh, it's about people who prep for the apocalypse. The 2012, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's, they just, uh, there's... The one episode I saw, this dude takes his, like, 8- and 10-year-old boys out to uh, shooting, like, just out into the desert, and they're shooting stuff, and he's like, you gotta be real careful or whatever. And he, like, in this episode, shoots his thumb off. He just, <laughs> he's like, misfire. Wasn't a misfire. He put his thumb in front of the barrel and pulled the trigger on accident. <laughs> just the worst. He's a fucking idiot. And they're documenting. He's like, we're gonna survive. You can't even fucking shoot a gun, dude. If you, yeah, if you die... Preparing for the apocalypse that happened. <laughs> yeah, no, you're oh. you're in trouble then. That's a bummer. Um, so I think it's about to move on to another story. Sure. Uh, this is, this is, <laughs> no, I want to talk more about this terrifying apocalypse story. Um, his... that actually gave me the creeps, though. Yeah, I got about... a little bit. It's getting dark here as we're sitting outside. I started thinking about the end of days, and yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, sorry right. guys. Breakups, apocalypses. This episode's going. Let's cheer it up a bit. Yeah, well, here's yeah. another what thing do you got, that could the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even realize this was a problem. Um, I, I, I was reading an article about a solution to a problem that I didn't know existed. 
But apparently there's a there's a big problem of fake microchips going around. Fake um counterfeit microchips find their way into the general population of microchips. Uh and there's a huge industry built up around trying to find ways to counteract that and stab unique identifiers on chips, particularly for use in really important things like um aerospace defense electronics. Uh like the last thing he wants is for a defense system to have a chip that's used that's replaced and suddenly be, oh, no, 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 this was a bad batch from some crime syndicate that just switched them out for a cheaper one. Um, Does that say Tejas Instruments? I'm not sure we should go with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, those those microchips are real superficial, and they're not that smart. They're just, you know, trying to find a hot dude to marry. <laughs> this town, is, this town is full of those. <laughs> so many of those fake microchips. Hold on, i got to go kill myself after that. <laughs> um, so, here is... um. Uh, a possible new way to uh, to deal with this problem: inks laced with plant DNA sequences uh, can be applied to the microchips, uh, and then they test them at the other end by sequencing the DNA. That sounds DNA is, way tricky. Yeah, it's that's so much work. It's really convoluted. It's really complicated, wow. but it's quite hard to fake that. Then they, they find unique plant DNA that they've already fully sequenced, put that on the batch of chips, send them over. Then they get that DNA sequenced, and then they go, okay, no, that was that was legit. Because they're worried that in transit, because I'm assuming that NASA, I mean, NASA has the highest standard of any organization as far as, as software. I'm assuming as far as You say that again, goes. but also another story that came out this week, NASA has been hacked an alarming number of times. Really? Including at one point, I think it was a Chinese hacker group completely took over their systems. Oh, fuck. And but were these systems, was it like their social media sites, or was it their actual like, mission-critical... No, I think it was their systems. NASA it, has lost... like their Facebook page yeah. or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like a Chinese teenager. No, it, <laughs> no, NASA just changes its uh, sexuality to gay. Yeah. That's all it is. Uh, <laughs> Orientation, uh, yeah. questioning, um, curious. Why did we set the password as NASA rules? <laughs> no, NASA's also lost like thousands of moon rocks that they've just loaned out, and then they fucking forgot who they loaned them to. There's thousands of missing moon rocks. NASA is a whole... It's a government agency, man. They're just not on top of it. Wow. They've been riding the wave of the late 60s for a long well, that, time. They're like our roommates. That space grass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that always gets me about conspiracy theories as well, when people are like, oh, the CNN, the CIA do this. And you say, I don't think they have the ability to. They're right. still a government agency. Right. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't really believe in conspiracy theories because the government knows about these theories and those people stay quiet. But, like, you've never heard of a disgruntled government worker? Oh, wait, that's like every government worker yeah. hates the government. Yeah, They're not going to get pissed off, fired, and be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to spill the beans, guys. You know what, there are moon men. Yeah, there are. Exactly. We got 19 aliens, 10 of their names are Rick. It's insane. It's like the 9-11 truthers, when, when somebody used the terminology about, we're going to pull this building, that means they're going to set off the detonations that'll demolish the building. Like, so you think they trusted this newscaster with that information? Like, this network of people who would be in the know is so I, vast. I just think it's given uh, the U.S. too much credit. Well, I think, I mean, yeah. everybody needs something bigger than them. So that's oh, why, right. yeah. like, if yeah. I meet, like, a lot of... It's comforting. A lot, yeah, a lot of, like, atheists you meet, they're not atheists, they just don't call it God. They're conspiracy right. theorists or whatever. So yeah. it's like, oh, well, you still believe in a man in the sky, it's just you call it the government or whatever. I like conspiracy <laughs> theories, they're fun. They are. They're super fun. They're fun that's to the think about. They exist. Now, these chips... Uh, what what is the drawback of a fake chip? Yeah, how, if they're blank chips anyway, well, who cares? Yeah, this article in the New Scientist. Here we go. This is the paragraph that explains it. It says microchip fakery uh, takes many forms. Empty chip packages can be sold with a part number of a 
of um oh another one it can be reprinted with new ID. So an amplifier can suddenly become a logic chip or a timer, for example. Or alternatively, rejected substandard chips can be steered back onto the market by crooked microchip insiders. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Like, so you have a ti- you have a chip worth you know eight cents. You put a different tag on it. Now that chip is worth two dollars. Yeah, or like it's been made and it's and it's failed the test, the safety test. God, no, this one's bust. This one's got a slightly dodgy circuit in it, and so that gets chucked out. What's a crooked microchip insider even look like? Um, (laughs) Like a crooked microchip insider still has their life more together than me. Oh, so their life is together, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They're they're making money. They're they're doing, uh, they're selling these chips effectively, yeah. I didn't mean to say you're not making any money. No, no, sure, sure. No, that's what I imagine the the Yakuza (laughs) do. The Japanese mob. Yeah. This is what they're into. Wow. Fake microchips. That's, what would they sound like when they're selling these fake microchips? Oh, they never are going to find out about the microchip. <laughs> <laughs> and today, this is the time that podcasts will be checked to see how many Japanese subscribers we still have. Oh, uh, these are microchips. Just a uh, amplifier, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Japanese oh, slash French guy. <laughs> oh, 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 I imagine yeah. French dudes just look at naked kids and go, oh, 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 oh. that's what they do. <laughs> all, all, the all of them are pedophiles. Oh, and they they just smoke fun. and stand around playing. <laughs> Oh. Uh, how many uh, French listeners did we have, Andy? <laughs> oh, I don't, we never had French listeners. Yeah, let's get rid of that those one guys. French yeah, yeah. Japanese guy's really pissed right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, but he's a listen, pedophile. You've adopted yeah, their technique fine. of kissing, and you're still going to make this much. Uh, yeah, I think you should be. You're uh, indebted. You know to what? Them. I started calling a guy's freedom kissing. Freedom kissing. That's the way freedom we do it. Kissing. That's the way we do it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 10 years ago. <laughs> Join us or die. We'll call it freedom kissing. Yeah. About as timely as a Lewinsky joke. Nice work. I like it. Why am I? So, so the, the microchipping makes sense to me now. Like how they're like, yeah, they want to make money. Everyone wants to make money. I just can't believe that this is the least. This is the easiest way they could think of. of well, what about they tried apparently the hologram. Uh, hologram stamps are being cracked now. They've they've got past that one. I think just whenever any, whenever any new passwording or coding is invented, the people who try and crack it are always yeah. half a step behind them. Well, count, counterfeiting yeah. is so amazing to me how uh, any time we think about it, we think about how easy it would have been, but it probably still never would have occurred to us. Like right. um, like uh, the Frank Abagnale story. I was going to point to that yeah, exactly. The, I'm like, oh, if I lived back then, how cool would that be? But I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Who you was Frank Abagnale? Uh, the Catch Me If You Can. Did you ever see okay. that? Okay. It's like you never would have thought to take Pan Am models exactly. and soak off the decal to make your <laughs> right. own checks. Like, like that never would have occurred to anyone. Or but... to have the balls to just walk into an, a hospital and act like you're a surgeon. Right. And just say, right. this is what you need to do. But I'm sure that's the way it is now. Like, yeah. 50 years from now, there Someone will be kids so like, easy. oh, of course, yeah, you just ha- hack the hologram. What yeah. are you talking about? It's a DNA sequence. Yeah. You just learn the sequence. And then. And we're sitting here like we can't even conceive how anyone could counterfeit that. Yeah, yeah. We, fifty years ago we'd be like, I mean, how are you going to get a Pan Am thing off of off a, <laughs> yeah. off a model <laughs> airplane? It's glued that's, on the plane. Yeah, that's it's glued, glued right on. on. There. That's yeah. pretty impossible. I'm pretty yeah. sure. What if they, they make some kind of anti-glue device? <laughs> come, on. come on, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'll get my ray gun and get right on that. Jeez <laughs> Louise! <laughs> I uh, oh. I read this week though that um uh North Korea. Like that's where the largest amount of uh, counterfeit hundred dollar bills comes from. U.S. U.S. Bills? money, yeah, because uh, they the company who made uh, our treasuries print printing things, uh, which is what they're called. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Also sold them to North Korea, and like they've just been printing like the, the stamps, like yeah, the, pr- the print blocks. 
Yeah, so like they the have plates. Them, plates. Like, they, third try. Three North Korea this is the plot the of the in-laws. States, I just watched them. the in-laws recently. This is the. Uh, the... Did, did you guys see? Uh, did you ever see uh, the counterfeiters? The counter- no. The, uh, That's the Jack White side project, right? No, no. no. <laughs> There's um. <laughs> Eventually, every band will be a Jack White side project. <laughs> no, statistically, during the uh, during the Holocaust, there was a famous uh, money drawer. Like he was a, he was a Jewish guy that drew. You know, actually designed yeah, the money, yeah. helped design it. And uh, so the way he sort of got through the Holocaust, they put him in a camp, and then they uh, they said they took all these bankers and said, like, all right, you guys all get together. I'm not saying the Jews were bankers. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> oh, saying I that. really stayed. I'm staying what out I'm, of this 100%. What I'm saying is that in this particular camp, there happened to be, um, and they put them together, and the, the plan was to counterfeit uh, U.S. money and British pounds and just flood Devalue. the markets, just yeah. completely, and they did it like completely, really, like it was undetectable, and they wow. don't, they still don't know how much of that money is just in the markets. That's crazy. Um, what still around? Well, yeah, because anymore, when, when, that money will be long. Someone else trades retired. it out for another thing. That's, yeah, that's, the, the but, effective value is still in the market, right? Yeah, because okay. when when you know when those camps all got bailed out, the plan you know went kaput. These guys still had like millions. You know, of dollars. I don't think the government should have bailed out the concentration camps. I don't know why we did that. It just I don't know if that was the <laughs> these best bailouts idea. have yeah. gone to you know you know what I mean. <laughs> Liberate now. Liberate. Our listeners are begging for me to do my racist Japanese. <laughs> I know. And like if we could just be a little yeah. less racist. No, uh, you know when they liberated the camps, these guys still had like millions of dollars. They'd hidden under bedspreads and all yeah, kinds of yeah. stuff. Um, so they were like set for the rest of their lives in this devalued currency. But but it didn't. But it wasn't it was still devalued. Value. It, but it was perfectly counterfeit. Right, exactly. It had it had it every... helped devalue everything a little bit, but it, it in and of itself was not worth. Back in the day, was. forgery used to be punishable by the death penalty. Really? In the UK, certainly. Yeah. Wow. When yeah, is that? The UK UK forgery abolished... was a capital crime. I thought that you guys abolished the death penalty like early on compared to relatively. Most. Except within my lifetime, um, it was still. I an... loved you more. Within their lifetime as well, but um, <laughs> I think with. Su- Within the last 15 years, maybe even within the last 10 years, death penalty still technically existed in the UK for high treason and piracy. Wow. They were the two crimes that still... So if you killed killed the Queen or dressed up with an eye patch and a peg leg, then you could still be killed. You could be killed. Right. But everything else, it's been abolished since... I think the seventies, or maybe we, even the sixties. Wow. No, I think it was the sixties. We talked about this a while Could ago. Be earlier, even in, in France, they were still using the guillotine until like nineteen eighty-two. It was the last time. Like that was their capital punishment since seventeen ninety. And they might have officially been there, but they, there's no way they still use the guillotine in nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, no, I'm not even kidding. You could look up the there's last execution person. Yep. The last person executed in France was executed with the guillotine. I guess. Sorry, what, now, what does a modern-looking guillotine look like? It's like exactly the, the same. Man. Are you I'm sure you're not getting it mixed up with a magician, like a stage magician using? No, I'm like magician. pretty sure about this. I mean. <laughs> no, I looked it up. You can find a video of the guy. I thought we covered this in a past episode. We yeah. talked. There was a whole episode we covered the effects Guillotines. of getting your head cut off. Okay, yeah, that's true. All right, yeah. never mind. If you if you're a good listener, yeah. you'll know the real now, facts. One last thing on the chips. I know we have to move along. It's fascinating to me. What were those chips in the Departed? Remember the Departed? Uh, I'm sorry, I keep bringing up movies. The Departed was. I can't remember what the, what you just the purpose. Keep bringing of, up uh, Leonardo just, DiCaprio. I just movies. keep. I can't stop talking about DiCaprio movies. What chips did he have in Titanic? Well, well no, you know, Heart of the Ocean. In that the, was that was the MacGuffin in the Departed. I don't remember. That was the point. Was they were trying to get. Well, some hang on, chips. I haven't seen it yet. Is it worth seeing? <laughs> the Departed. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, great. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. But but um, no, there was a part in the Departed where a bunch of ships had gone missing, and they were worried that if they got sold to China, it would be it would. 
just the technology alone. It's not like they contain oh, okay. information. Okay. But it was like $50 million worth of microchips, but they all fit in a briefcase. It was only like 10 chips. Yeah. So, so it was most was, of the tech, the, it was the intellectual property contained within them more than the actual usefulness of the, I mean, it was probably more than the content of, of the chip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey guys, this is a real treat. Martin Scorsese is in here well, to join us real quick. Martin. Hello, welcome. Martin. Welcome, Martin. Everybody. Hey, welcome. Martin. Hey guys. Chips were uh, actually just something we used. Uh, it made more sense, you know. We figured kids wouldn't really dissect chips, so that's that was the said. reason you guys chose yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it made sense. Gotta go. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> us. Martin. That actually makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. I, I hate it. love when that guy pops in. Yeah, I love cool. it. I forgot to mention, just to pop in, yeah. he lives right next door. Yeah, that was cool. I'm glad we got to. I wanted to ask him about uh, Hugo and how he felt about the snub. Best picture, but you know, hey, next, I'm next back. Week. Um, oh, hey, Martin, just forgot my keys. Thanks, guys. See you oh, later. Hey, wait, Hugo, oh, I want to talk to oh, oh, no, I'm here. Oh, oh, okay. Well, how did you feel about losing out to um, the artist? Oh, man, friggin'. I've been freedom kissing a whole day. I, I gave up saying, fr- God damn it, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> what is Jesus you gonna Brooks. commit? Oh, I didn't even like that for a second. No. Okay, <laughs> felt like you I know what I don't like? Myself. You know what I don't like? School. School's for tools. School no sucks and learning's schools. rubbish. Learning is t- hard. But you know what makes it a little bit better? Is yeah. According to psychcentral.com, there's a new tutoring software called AutoTutor that responds to students' emotions. Did you guys know that? It's called AutoTutor. AutoTutor. <laughs> it's like T-Pain. T-Pain started yeah. that. Oh. T-Pain is crushing Roommates. <laughs> <laughs> the bluebell effect. That's a new scientific phenomenon when roommates who live with old people who sleep eat... Um, <laughs> start to think the same way. Uh, according to this article, emotion-sensing <laughs> emotion computer software that responds to students' cognitive and emotional states, including frustration and boredom, has been developed by researchers at the University of Notre Dame, University of Memphis, and MIT, and the new technology matches the interaction of human tutors. It not only offers tremendous learning possibilities for students, but also redefines human-computer interaction. So how does it respond? How does it react? Uh, well, it's an intelligent tutoring system, ITS, uh, that helps students learn complex, <laughs> or ITS, if you will, uh, learn complex technical content in Newtonian physics, computer literacy, and critical thinking by holding a conversation in natural language. It simulates the teaching and motivational strategies of human tutors, modeling students' cognitive st- states, and then tailoring the interaction to individual students. And it also keeps students engaged with images, animation, and simulations. So, much like a gifted human tutor, auto-tutor, and effective auto-tutor attempt to keep the student balanced between the extremes of boredom and bewilderment (laughs) by subtly modulating the pace, direction, and complexity of learning tasks. What were you guys' favorite? uh, Did you have any games that you played, like learning games that you played growing up? Like, I really liked the Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail? Oregon Trail was great. What's the... What is that? Leap for... Jeez Louise, Matt. Get (laughs) I don't know, man. It's it's for us folk that went out and found a better life. Yeah, uh, no, it's a little, it's, little thing called the American spirit. No, it's, it's what called are, manifest with destiny. The or, yeah, what the Oregon Trail West, was, young man, uh, was just broke people who were there were like, we'll give you, we'll sell you ten acres for you know, uh, ten dollars an acre or whatever out in Wyoming. So oh, there yeah, was a trail. What was, what was the game though? Oh, well, you know what that was. Um, <laughs> the game no. was you just would go along and get to shoot rabbits and stuff. It was well, it was, it, was, it was sort of an early version of something Sims-related because you had to make decisions about... Uh, is, this a, is this a computer game? Computer it was a computer game, game but it was all, um, with the exception of when you could stop for a little while and go shoot some 
game and Ooh, try to like, but you can never carry all the meat back. Like, you would kill a buffalo, but it said you killed a thousand pound buffalo. Unfortunately, you can only carry 60 pounds of meat back to your my, wagon. Yeah. My favorite part was you get to pick when you get to rivers, what you do across the river. Do you take five days, build a ferry? Or, or do you just like go ahead and try to go across it? And also, well, I you know, could cock the wagon and float it, right. or you could just attempt to go straight through. You Hope it's never, not so deep that it. You never ford the Snake River. That's what I know. No, you never. Not you're the snake. gonna go. You're gonna go. You could lose I oxen. Guess, what we're all learning here really is that this is not a learning game. No, it wasn't really a learning. Game. Game. We didn't learn much. I at don't all. know no, why no, I was no. on those computers. The, the thing that the <laughs> thing that weirds me out about this tutoring program is uh, it's gonna be like. A hundred years before poor people get access to this. Oh, of course. <laughs> Even if they pass it tomorrow. Yeah. A robot tutor, really? Like, they, they they make it so everyone can have access to this. Like, I'm sure the people that designed it designed it with the inner city youth in mind. That's not how it's going to go down. Right, yeah. This is going to be in private schools for ten years. Who already had access then, to real good tutors. Right, and then it'll branch out. Present. Yeah. How does it compare in intelligence to Vicky from Small Wonder? <laughs> You mean a uh, virtual interactive child kid? <laughs> Wasn't there an acronym? Wasn't Vicky it was an, an acronym, acronym yeah. or something? Yeah. She's fantastic. Is that like Elf? I've heard. Made of plastic. I don't know what Vicky from Small Wonder is. Oh, you 25-year-olds, you. Uh, this was a very high-concept, short-lived 80s sitcom where a brilliant robots, robotic engineer father... Like, could he not, a, could he not have girl. children? He made a girl. He no, because no, I think he, he she had, had a, a brother. Yeah, yeah, so there was already... So, he just why he wanted a girl maybe so he just built a robot girl and um, the theme song's really catchy. But then even though it was just you know the most advanced technology by a good couple of decades that existed in the world. Oh yeah, yeah. And he could have won a Nobel Prize for it. He somehow kept it quiet. Yeah, you want to keep this secret from the Akmatics, which is not the right name of the neighbors, but that's yeah. Not. And also from the grandfather. Uh, who hated robots because he lost his job to one. <laughs> was that a real thing in the show? <laughs> that was a real, that was a plot real family. The grandfather was, was like, you know he lost his job to a robot. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking our jobs. That was timely. But, that was back in the days of gung-ho. That was, everyone was, yeah, automating. That was such a common theme in the 80s was someone invents something amazing and keeps it a secret. Yeah, you're right. Remember that yeah. movie uh, Explorers? Oh, yeah, with, with River, River Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. And uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh-huh. And they, they just... They they took a tilter whirl into outer space because one of the kids invented like this force field yeah, bubble yeah. that would have changed everything forever. <laughs> yeah. But I I think at the end of the movie like they weren't on the cover of Time or like like yeah. causing world peace with the force field bubble that could go around countries. They they just free energy for the third world. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just decided uh, go back to third grade. Go back to third grade and telling like this didn't happen. Get, yeah. get picked on again. <laughs> Yeah. I like. I also like how Urkel made Stefan. Like he was like he 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 had this technology to make Stefan. See the cool version of Urkel. I yeah, he's a cool Urkel. And then, but then so he'd be like, "Well, this isn't me. I got to go back to me." I'm like, "Fuck you! Why man. would you ever go Stephane back?" Stefan is yeah. cool. Urkel sucks. It's like Limitless, but worse. Is Urkel on the car- about to be on the new season of Dancing with, with the Stars? Does. I think he is. Jaleel. Oh man, I think it was uh, uh, Dana Gold has a joke about Dancing with the Stars. I can see. Two lies in that statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with and the. Uh, I love it, guys. Uh, uh. I just need to add some quotes to that the title. Just quotes are on the yeah. first and last word, and then yeah, it becomes yeah. totally correct. Um, what do you got for us, Brooks? Oh, yeah. Okay. This one is not as groundbreaking as awesome tutoring for children. This one is just like. A team of researchers did a bunch of research and found out that the Tyrannosaurus Rex had the world's mightiest bite. 
Like, so this was a predator who uh, bit harder than anything that's ever walked here. <laughs> that's what they found out. They used a scaled, uh, they used scaled skulls of humans, alligators, a juvenile T-Rex, and then a full-size T-Rex to do um, computer models and discovered that the T-Rex bite far exceeded previous predictions. Um, so it's the most powerful bite of any terrestrial animal. And currently the animal with the, with the most powerful bite is an alligator. But um, I don't have... More so than I mean, crocodile. Well, I don't know, guys. It does, says it say, does it say whether the Tyrannosaurus Rex had the same kind of bite as a crocodile or alligator where once it's closed, the muscles to open it's really weak? Because you know you I can mean, hold a crocodile's mouth closed with very right. little force compared right. to just the ludicrous force that it closes it with. Right. Because all the muscles go I in mean, that, that direction. I mean, that would make sense. Uh, it says that the T-Rex's bite, they originally thought, had a force of 8,000 to 13,000 newtons. Uh, but however, the latest study found it to be 57,000 newtons. That's a hell of a lot. So there's like, there's like two, um, there's two like differing views on T-Rexes from paleontologists. Some of them think that the T-Rex had like a modest bite so that it was limited to uh, just feed on uh, dead animals so it was a scavenger and the other people are like no way bitch that thing bit like a motherfucker which is how they talk probably um, and so it was like he's either a scary ass predator or a scavenger and this research shows that he actually was the like, most ass. fearful predator yeah. to ever walk I don't get how, even if the strength was there in terms of the jaw muscles, isn't there a limit to how strong teeth an enamel can be? And I don't right. understand how you could... Humans, our teeth... I mean, enamel is the hardest thing in the human body. You can still chip a tooth. You can break a tooth on a hard piece of bread. So <laughs> if this T-Rex has all that force, but it chomps down on something and hits another animal's bone while biting it, how does it not ever well, break mean, teeth like, on the animal sharks, bones that it's biting? Sharks lose teeth. Maybe you're saying that too. Yeah. They lose they teeth lose like teeth. crazy, and they just they keep just don't care. regrowing teeth. They just don't give a fuck. They don't give a shit. Um, yeah, all, the, all that all that means is, yeah, they various hippies get a new necklace. Right, exactly. Right. Hippies or cool uncles. I love <laughs> sifting for dinosaur teeth down on the beach in, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. It's... There was this other, there was this, like, side part to that story that scientists discovered the world's oldest fleas, and there are these big fleas that are an inch long. Uh, so they're like ten times larger than our current fleas, and they think that these fleas feasted on dinosaurs, Whoa. which is like these they... are upright funk bases, <laughs> <laughs> folks, uh, folks, um, folks. But no, I like that idea because <laughs> you like that idea because you got a fucking tattoo. I don't wait. What does that have to do with anything? He was making a bad tattoo. Oh, joke. Yeah, you got a bad Anthony like Kiedis tattoo on um, your arm. Let's not talk about that. This what? About do dinosaurs. you really have an Anthony Kiedis tattoo? Yeah, I do. Come on, oh, Come on man. man. Let me see it. God damn, guys. I went to high school with a few girls that got uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Oh, tattoos. yeah, and they're probably <laughs> doing great now, aren't they? No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> exactly. All right. Here it is. I can't. All right. That's what it is. It's the worst. Brooks is showing uh, what is it? his what is, pseudo-tribal I don't understand the... It's a picture of Anthony Kiedis reclining uh, on a lounge. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. You know, it's uh, it's just like the uh, same armband tattoo that he has. I ding, got it dang, when dang, I was dang, 17. Dang, dang, and like when I got... When I got the tattoo, I was like, "It'll be cool. I'll get, I'll get ripped. I'm gonna get jacked." I didn't realize that when I got the tattoo at 17, that was the strongest I'd ever be in my life. <laughs> no, like, to gone. be fair, I don't think it's your lack of strength that makes the tattoo uncool. <laughs> You're still in very good shape. The tattoo, however, uh, is actually also in very good shape, but it doesn't have the same. No, I mean, like, I just, it's you know, people make mistakes. I've made three big giant tattoo mistakes. <laughs> 
Oh my god! I respect it though. I, I'm watching that uh, the show on Spike. I think it is. It's um, it's sort of like Project Runway for tattoo artists, or it's like any reality show, but it's not about Project Gunway. Yes, but it's not. It's not like Miami Ink or one of those. It's actually like they're judging, they're critiquing the quality of the tattoos these guys give people, and they wow. have people coming off the they street. How find models to exactly, do that? Right? Because That's... they're getting a free tattoo out of it. But the downside is the person is having to compose this entire back tattoo in five hours. I was going to say they're getting a free tattoo that's against awful. the clock on TV. They are, right. and then I, and then they critique the genre them. that they're not familiar with either, because that's what makes the show like that interesting. But... Exactly. No, they, the last one they had to do portraits, and they were god awful. Like somebody gave someone two right feet accidentally in this picture, but somebody has a tattoo with two right feet on them now. Like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's. A oh, great I got to watch that show. No, that's. That's the one show I can think of of that kind of genre where... The stakes are so high. Well, the story of the results is far more interesting than the contestants. Like, there should be a separate spin-off reality show about the people. The models. (laughs) Human canvases, they're called. Yeah, they should follow The human canvases, I love it. See where they got to this point. Yeah, I know. I I got this giant tattoo on my side, and uh, as he was finishing up, like, before I even left the tattoo place, I was just like... I fucked up. Like it's it's bad when you know instantly. Like I don't think I like this because it's shortest forever. ever buyer's remorse. What, is, what yeah. is it? Oh man, it's like it's this giant like oh, that it was something I designed, it which is pretty, I'm not an artistic person. Can I describe bad. it? That's pretty bad. Is that the way to do yeah, it? Yeah, you I'll can describe, describe this if you so want. So it looks as though um, there are these three slivers. It's almost like a person doing a handstand upside down, but his body becomes this window into. A seascape that exists within Brooks's body. This goes all the way from his waist That's bad, to his man. armpit along his side. You can see a sun setting over the ocean through these slivers that are cut in his skin. So it's like you're peeling <laughs> yeah. back the Brooks to find the ocean within. I Even though it. he got this tattoo, he lived in Iowa yeah. and had yet to ever see an ocean. <laughs> I got when I got it, I'd never seen the ocean. So like I have a joke about how I should have. <laughs> it gotten... looks airbrushed. It looks like a Destin '95 <laughs> like spring break T-shirt. Yeah, um... yeah, it should be the Mississippi River with bush light cans floating, <laughs> as opposed to an awesome ocean. Kind of mixed with like a Bat for Lashes album cover. I mean, uh, like, and I love going to the beach, so it's real tough call and, like, tough. It's a well-done tattoo, I will say that. No, it like, is. It's a it, well-made no, tattoo. I, it's, I it's not cool. about the, but I'm saying when I do, like, hang out at the ocean, I'm always like, God, like, I look like such an asshole with these stupid tattoos, but I just, I'm like, whatever. You, you just have to play it off. It. I don't know yeah. what to do. Sure. Or I wear a white t-shirt in the water like a fat nine-year-old. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't talk with Kanane about awful tattoos when he was on, because he's got some, doesn't he have an alarm clock with wings? <laughs> On his body? <laughs> I don't know. I gave up tattoos because, like, now I'm like... He's got I, one that says oops. Yeah, he does have one that <laughs> says whoops. Or whoops, yeah. In it's my so mind, weird. I'm like, if I got tattoos now, I could think of some really cool tattoos. Right. But then when I was 17, I got these tattoos. I was like, these are really cool tattoos. Oh, man. So, what, so at least now you've got the intelligence to realize what that are your 10 ideas years from now, now you yeah. if, if you were to get a tattoo tonight. Oh, man. I think it would just be, like, something cool, like... like uh... <laughs> this is not good. This is not bode well. <laughs> I like... I like, like, like the, the in- Stargate. No, I like, like, the inside <laughs> of, uh, of, like... Your I don't... I'm over tattoos. <laughs> they burned no me. There's no good answer. They burned There's me. There's no good answer. How did this happen, guys? All right. Uh, and... Tyrannosaurus hey, Rex, strongest And spider. we are not going happened. to be posting pictures of these tattoos. Oh! I can't do it. Yes, we are. Can't. What if they're... I talk about it on my stand-up. I, I put up a new stand-up clip where I show them. Oh, you can okay. just look that link up. Link to that. Okay. It's a fucking nightmare. Uh, the tattoos or the stand-up? Both. No, uh, yeah, okay. Let's go on. Okay, well, here's a, here's a good news story. Um, 
like we've been we've been on apocalypse stories, been on end of the world stuff. This is something that actually might help a hell of a lot. Researchers, American researchers, have built a prototype device which they say can generate electricity from wastewater. Um, which we we had we had to do a little bit of googling around this because we weren't sure at first whether that meant wastewater from factories or just wastewater. But as far as I can tell, it seems to be human waste. It's yeah, yeah. like basically it. This is this seems to be the sort of golden name. This is if this works. They've found a thing that can turn shit water right. into clean water and electricity, which are the two things that people need more than anything else in the world. Yeah. When, when we after were love, yeah. Before love. we were starting the and the podcast, music. <laughs> before we started the podcast today, uh, Jesse and I were laughing at Matt going shit water, shit water. <laughs> I love it. Just how you were like, it is shit water because you were looking it up. Yeah, <laughs> guys, it's shit water. Guys, I'm... it's shit water. We've discovered it. <laughs> I love brown gold. Up <laughs> <laughs> from the ground, came up. So obviously, the the technique is just a way to not infuse the shit further in the water, but to remove all the shit from the water. It seems no, to be. Actually, are you just ahead. going to be left over with dehydrated shit? Are we talking shit diamonds? That's what I want to know. Is that in the future? I'm not entirely sure what comes out where the waste bit ends up. But of the asshole, man. it uses. <laughs> oh, where it comes out into. Oh, that's not, is that what? Should oh I my start? God, that's what I've been doing. Oh my God, I've just realized. Oh, <laughs> oh that's how it that's works. A night of revelations tonight, guys. I'm doing a lot of learning. Um, but yeah, it uses a process called reverse um, electrodialysis. Uh, and what, what it, I think what it relies on is the fact that if you've got fresh water and seawater in two chambers next to each other, right. um, where ions can flow between them with a membrane between, so ions can flow, there's a potential difference there, which can cause a charge which can basically generate electricity. Right. So it's just need lots of membranes. Yeah, in this, um, yeah, so they a lot of chambers, this water, whatever the various complicated mechanics they've got going in there. The danger there, of course, is if, if any kind of insanity happens to break out among the membranes. Because you don't want something to go insane in the membrane. No. Let alone <laughs> insane, insane in the brain. brain. <laughs> insane in the brain bad enough, it would be bad enough on its own. Yeah, but insane, insane in the membrane, in the membrane, I don't even know. Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable insane. It makes me think of like electric cars and stuff like that. Jesse, are you into electric cars? If you had money, would you get an electric car? Absolutely. I think I, I like, I told my girlfriend, like, I, if I had a bunch of money, I would buy a Prius or just some sort of sweet, like, electric car. Prius just is because... a hybrid cars. Yeah, but I mean, I'm what I'm saying right now though is like I'd buy a hybrid car or because like electric cars, I'm going to wait five years. I'm going to let us really cars, nail yeah, that down. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, they take a hell of a long time to charge, don't they? If you, you Do sort they? of need to know. charge them overnight. Oh, okay. Um, to go how far? Just for the next day? Yeah. As around as town. Exactly. But um, there's talk of if electric cars do take off, there's talk of having sort of battery exchange things in gas stations. Right. So. So They've they have charging them the whole time. Yes, yeah, so they have so a you, bank of charged batteries, one in, and then you take one out. Exactly that. It's like so a you sort of pull up. Tank for a, a yeah. Barbecue. Sorry. Yeah. No. Exactly. So you just switch over, and then they start charging up your old thing, and that just goes back into the mix, it becomes re recycled. That's pretty cool. Um, now, what if people start counterfeiting the chips in those? Oh. Well, that's why you need to smear plants on them. <laughs> <laughs> or just shit water. Just like douse it in your okay. own shit water. So can... this this is becoming a water world reality here. It you is. take your wastewater. It not only turns it into clean water, but that process generates electricity. I, I'm just having trouble following the logic. Wait, did they say that actual electrodialysis process cleans the water, or did they just mean we could use this water to generate electricity, then using that electricity we could then power some kind of filtration um, system? I'm not entirely sure. I think it actually seems to 
it seems to end up producing something that's actually relatively it's, clean. It's drinkable. It also says that it doesn't necessarily need to use um, salt water from the sea. Ammo um, ammonium bicarbonate solution could be used as a substitute, oh. which means the system could work in communities far from the sea. Yeah, and the, and the solution would be constantly recycled using waste heat from local industry. Mm. So this does seem... I'm on board. It seems real nice. And how, how great is it going to be to lord that over your neighbors who aren't as... Uh, as green as you are, we're like, oh, you guys don't run on shit yet? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, well talk excuse to us me while I just continue doing the crossword just, and uh, saving the planet. No, you're just like shitting into a container outside. <laughs> you guys aren't into clean shit? Oh, okay, get with just it. Just powering up. Well, you after, know what I, after like a long night of Taco Bell, like your neighbors notice your lights are burning really bright. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. Like you can tell when anyone on your street yeah. dropped a huge uh, deuce. That sounds like, <laughs> awesome. oh, jeez, this porch light's on all night. That guy. You're. You were talking about Waterworld. It makes me think. I went to Universal Studios recently. Even though that movie was such like a like a bomb, quote unquote. Even though it made like a bunch of money, it was a great movie. There's what? still a Waterworld ride at Universal. Studios. It was a great movie. Yeah. Like they're they're like worst they... movie ever. Well, we're gonna be banking yeah. off that ride for the yeah. next twenty. To Jack Black as Turret Gunner Number Two. Oh, was he really? Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Who's yeah. the little girl? Is somebody now? I know is that it Dakota Fanning, Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, anyway, was, that was at the time the somewhere. biggest loss making film of all time well right? it was a huge budget movie yeah. yeah it was like the largest budget up to that point and that's why it was before Titanic I think I was gonna yeah. say because when Titanic was being shot the articles I remember this two page spread in time where it showed a diagram of the ship James Cameron built and everyone's like oh my god this is gonna be the downfall there's no way he's making back his money he built a two scale Titanic biggest flop ever this is gonna yeah. tank oh yeah mm, guess so what Jim yeah. Cameron that's what he said. I don't know why. He, he said that about himself. Watch him came in. I like, I just, last year when Avatar came out, like at the Oscars, I was like, he should have shown up in like a pimp suit and just <laughs> told everybody to fuck off. His movies have made a combined, what, like $3 billion? Well, two of his movies. Two of his movies have made done that. He's made other big movies. But most of them are just, it's, it, they're going to make the money back just out of pure curiosity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, Avatar was such a spectacle. Point. Yeah. But it was, you have to, you're going to pay to see the most expensive thing ever made. Yeah, that yeah. movie sucked, but, like, I definitely was like, I have to see in the theaters, because I want to see right. 3D, and, like, done right, because before that, I think I'd only ever seen, like, Alice in Wonderland, and I was like, wait, what? Like, it was very confusing. It's like, who talks about, like, if you just, you tell people you're going to sell tickets so they can watch you set a pile of a million dollars on fire. Right. Well, here's how you know if your movie is good. You play it to a field full of pe people in Ethiopia and you say this is why you're starving. Was it still <laughs> was it still a good movie? And I feel like some movies I feel like if Ethiopians saw Shawshank they'd be like it's still a solid movie. That's worth yeah, it's worth, it's the worth like the flies even. surrounding my stomach right yeah. now. <laughs> but they'll be the first to go through that bullshit Avatar Navi withdrawal thing that was making the new rounds in the news after yeah. Avatar came out. I heard about that. People were going through withdrawals they left the movie because they want so badly to live in that world. <laughs> why do you that's not that great. Um, we should go ahead and let them have guns. Like, you guys can have guns for a night. Just have Kevorkian outside the theater waiting. Matt, where you at? Uh, just a reference. Here we go. Um, the girl from Waterworld is not is called uh, Tina Majorino or Majorino. I'm not sure. Uh, but she oh, was she a was child. In Napoleon Dynamite. She was in Napoleon That's Dynamite. Right. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, she played yeah. Deb in Napoleon Dynamite and was also in Veronica Mars and Big Love. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Big Love. So I like Big Love. That's one of my favorite HBO series. Have I've you guys never seen, seen it? it? No. It's good. It's like I've the Mormon. A little of it's it. like a yeah. Mormon mafia. That's what all it is. They put snakes in your bed. Really? Yeah, oh. and they kill people. I do I like love. The... I do love reading wow. about Mormons. Have you guys read the Crack Hour book about Mormon Mormonism? Nope. Real good. Recommend it. They're making a movie out of it. I was it's, thinking. What's it called? Into the what? Under the into. Uh, under the banner of heaven. It's always some kind of preposition. Right. 
Is that the part of speech that... Oh, he's is? the guy who wrote Into the Wild and Into Thin Into Air. Thin Air. Yeah. I thought he was going to yeah. keep the Into, into thing. Into, into... I loved Into the Wild above. movie. Mostly because Eddie Vedder's soundtrack. Uh, I was really into that. You and your 90s rock fandom. Wow, man. You and your Pearl Jam. I take Jam. it back. Everything I'll I said about peppers. the tattoos, they suit you. Yeah. You know what? I love Pearl Jam to this day. I'll fight over that. They're uh, a great band. Okay? They're a good band. They're great. Great. They're still coming out with real solid stuff. I love Pearl Jam. You know what else is? You know what is not coming out with real solid stuff anymore? The surrogate mother sea otter that just died in Monterey Aquarium. <laughs> I'm not good at segways, but I'll shoot for the rat. I'll we, uh, swing for the fences. We got our first proper fan mail today that mentioned exactly that. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, somebody wrote to us and uh, pointed out that they like that we're actually trying to starting to figure out our our roles within this show. Um, I don't pay attention to anybody but myself, so I just remember what he was saying about me. What was what did he say about what your role was, man? <laughs> I think it was English, English, English. Right, he just pictures you with tea and crumpets in front of you. That outside. was exactly it. And then and then Brooks. Um, uh, he just said how much how like my uh, love of uh, Ryan Gosling is like strong. It's just <laughs> I have I'm not ashamed to like weird. St- I love fucking Pearl Jam, Ryan Gosling. This shit's cool. I love that you are the only person who's being paid to do science on a daily basis on this podcast, but you right. also sound like the one who would be least likely to. Yeah, right, bros. <laughs> you, like you're the, you sound like the surfer, although you haven't surfed as far as I know. You, I've tried surfed it. and it's been it's ended in frightening nightmares. I at one point earned. Owned three surfboards. Couldn't use any of them. Wow. Sold them all when I moved up to... Uh, when you moved LA. to near the sea? No, I had them. I lived in Huntington Beach for a little okay. bit, and that's when I had them. And then when I moved up to L.A., I, I sold them. I sold this, like, nine-foot longboard to a... Not kidding. Like, five-foot-two Asian dude. Nice. He could not... Like, he, I had to carry it up to his apartment. Couldn't get his arm around the middle And then of I, it. I was like, you're never going to bring this down. It's not. It's yeah. way too big. You know what else got sold? Um, this sea otter, <laughs> this sea otter sold the farm, if and in you that, will, in that, or bought the farm. What's in the, the mail, for dying? In that, the email we got was just how Andy, like, relentlessly segues. <laughs> no, also, I, I try to always <laughs> try to get it back to on topic to science. We do have to get through, what, like six topics in an hour. We got Yeah, yeah. Our final topic uh, today, before we get to our historical science segment, uh, has to do with, yeah, this, this surrogate mom sea otter just died in, in the Monterey Aquarium. And I thought this was a good downer mm. note to end on, since Jesse just got dumped, and uh, everything's going to shit in the world. The Beautiful. asteroids are coming. Um, that is a bummer, though. Explain the story. It was the first sea otter to take on the role of surrogate mom to stranded pups, and it died at Mount Everest. So uh, do you reckon those pups are going to go off the rails? What's that? Do you reckon those pups are going to go off the rails? Oh my god, those pups are going to be like prostituting themselves. Oh, my mom's died. Yeah, stripper otters. Uh, Tula was her name. She spent more than 10 years at the Marine venue, and she was estimated to be 15 or 16 years old, and she died of natural causes. She arrived at the aquarium after having been found stranded at Pismo Beach. How else could an animal die? Uh, Guns. Vendetta. (laughs) Likely murder. The Japanese. Other otter. Oh, there we go. I just mean every animal dies of natural causes if it wasn't hunted. If you want to get technical, this is also my thing about like uh, like organic. This food's organic, as opposed to what these like non-carbon based foods that were, or just like natural. Technically, everything's natural. (laughs) Even synthetic things are natural because the things that we use to make the synthetic thing came from Earth. Yeah, we can't can't be created. Technically, even if that otter was blasted into space and died of oxygen deprivation around the upper atmosphere, that is still natural cause. No, of course, but but. I just mean even by human definition of what natural causes. But it could be hunted, it could be killed by a predator. 
Yeah, but a predator that's natural. That's but so like, is everything. So is a murderer. Yeah, but natural. I mean, in, this, in this case, guns. it means it died of some kind of disease or or just heart failure or whatever. Just you know. I, it died of a broken heart. It was taking care of all these puppies and it died of being an idiot. syndrome. You fight for your own. To, uh... So this the surrogate mother otter. Yes. So they, then that means they would just take male otter just semen. No, 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 no. Not not surrogate in that way. She was just, she would be like, she was more like a Nell Carter. Like a, like, break. like a foster mom. Yeah, foster yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just taking care of She was of like the pops. Michelle Bachman of the, uh. Exactly. Michelle and Marcus Bachman. So she, was, she was, just, here, she was described by staff members as being both frisky and feisty, which Whoa. is a combination you don't see very often. Sure. Uh, but also nurturing and maternal. Not since Uma Thurman days. No, nope, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> you don't see. Hello. <laughs> Not I since Batman Returns. You don't see, you don't see those. <laughs> Those reviews. She acted as surrogate mother to 13 pups in all, which is nothing compared to the Dugards. Um, 11 of those were released into the wild. The She's Dugards? Re- is that the... Co- 11 of their... 11 of theirs 30? have been released. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. She was really great at teaching the pups what they need to do in the wild, said the aquarium spokesman. And, uh, be frisky and feisty. Apparently. you got to be frisky and feisty to make <laughs> like your way Like, show a little there. leg and then say, get out of here. sachet. <laughs> yeah. And it said, Tula... It said, they... It, it, the, the spokesman, said that Tula was without question the most important animal in the history of their program. So, guys, <laughs> wow. moment of silence. The for zebra's the most like, what? important otter in history. That's What's the average lifespan of an otter? Well, this one died of natural causes at 15, so I'm going to guess 15. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Jesse, did you have any pets growing up? Several, yeah. What, what are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking dogs. I, we had a cat, but the cat was there before I was born. Okay. And died when it was... Died when I was seventeen. Huh? What? I know. Yeah, super old cat. It was this cat named Barney. Super old. Uh, but then uh, we had dogs. We had uh, Worf, Ratso, and Deacon. Deacon's still alive. Oh, my parents Deacon. now have another dog named Emmy. That is like Deacon seeing eye dog. Oh my god! Because he's so old and blind and yeah. deaf now. You know. How old's Deacon right now? Um, he'll be sixteen in August. That's awesome. Your family has a good history of longevity. With we pets. we know how to take care of some animals. That's awesome. We're like I think it's like probably. Like, they all had, like, the life. That's like, it was great. pretty cool. I, we had a bunch of, we had cats when I lived out in the country, and, uh, like, each, I have two older brothers, and each one of us, like, got a cat. And my cat was a total, like, slut. Like, she'd have uh, a litter of kittens, like, every, like, I don't know how long cat's gestational period is, but, like, every five months or whatever, she'd have new kittens. And then wow. she would completely leave them, and then the, another cat would nurse them. Like, so really? it was like a surrogate mother to these kittens at this Wow. My cat would just leave. Cat. You had a selfish slut of a cat. Yeah, I had a selfish yeah. slut of a cat. His name was, uh, I called, I was little when we got it, so her name was Fluffy. Uh, that's right. the worst cat name ever. It is weird how little kids always use hack pet names. Yeah, it was yeah. so hack. What was that, that stripper name? Uh, Fluff, I think. <laughs> uh, but then those cats were nursed off Boomer, named after Boomer Esiason, my oldest brother's cat. Excellent. And she would, like, take care of him. Wow. And then my other brother, his cat's name was, uh, I think... What was uh, Morgan Freeman's name in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Because that's what its name was. I forget what it was. Oh, like, right. I forgot he was in that. I forget what it was. Yeah, it was... Um, Friar Talk, Little John. Aslan. As... Whatever. I, I feel like it was like Haziz or something. I don't know. Haziz? It's, it could be Haziz. Yeah. But then also... I just... But then that would also strike a chord. You'd say that's definitely it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I had a surrogate mother, too. Going. And you lost her. Yeah, I don't know what happened to any she's of those dead. cats. She's dead. She's dead. Did you just leave him on the farm when he left? 
Uh, well, it wasn't even a farm. It was just like a house in the country. Wait, um, no, hold on a second. We keep getting conflicting stories about about Brooks's <laughs> origin to the point that I think we need to, <laughs> we need to get some, some. I lived. Okay, here's what it was. I lived out in the country. Like in, okay, not in the woods. That's what we heard last no, time. No, I you lived like in the woods. So there was like ten acres of wooded area. Wolves, uh, wooded area of wooded area. Does that mean there was a tree or was it dense? What are we talking? No, like super dense. Like on and our like I used to have to mow around. I think my dad got like pissed and counted him like ninety eight trees in our yard, and then immediately behind that were like dense woods that like okay you could go from tree to tree in, and then uh, around that were farms everywhere. Like we were like the only house that didn't farm. Because you didn't want to chop down those trees. We chopped down the trees. Like, we... Uh, you cannot tell a lot. You did that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, You're going to be president. That's how we, um like, would heat our house. We had, like, a heater, but, like, we're like... We, my dad was like, we got all these trees. Might as well heat through a fireplace. So sure. we would spend all summer chopping wood. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but I was the youngest, so I never really had to do anything. Nice. Really, really lucked out. Huh. But if you had been a bit older, then maybe your muscles would have fleshed out enough that the Anthony Kiedis tattoo worked. Yeah, it would have been a nicer tattoo. But now you got those golden curls. You got those, go. you got those youngest kid um, and family curls. Exactly. Anyway, so that's what happened. Lived around farms. Okay. We had cats. A farm like no sixteen-year-old dogs though. We had a dog. What about you, Matt? Do you guys are you guys allowed to have pets in England? Is that a thing? You have to call the council. Um, no, we were allowed to. What we do is we watch videos of people from other countries tending to animals. <laughs> There's a show on, and we gather the around animal... the television and we salute. <laughs> There's a show on the Animal Planet called Too Cute. And it's just fucking images of adorable animals. It's amazing. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah here's the thing. Like, we had pets growing up, but they were always small pets because my mum hates pets. So all we were allowed to get was like hamsters, rabbits. Sure. My dad always wanted a dog. Mum, like, nah, not just, happening. Just the rodent family. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. I once came up, I once went to the pet shop when I was a kid with my dad to come to get a hamster. Uh, came home with two pet mice. Because they're like a dollar each. They're Which like we, the, the food. Yeah, we we tried to claim that they were long-tailed dwarf hamsters. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> right. Zero success. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the you know, the mice at pet shops are like 50 cents or a buck. Because yeah, people buy them for snake food. Yeah. They, weren't, they weren't expensive. But that wasn't the reason why I got them. I think I just went, I want some mice! Right, yeah. But I remember my mum once picked me up from school with the words, uh, by the way, one of your mice has died. I hope the other one dies soon. Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. So good. I had a hamster. I had a hamster for a little while. I had a hermit crab too. I loved that hermit crab. That was, really? It was That's a great a weird pet. thing to love. No, it's cool, man, because you you have to put in like they grow, right? So you have to put in another shell oh, that's that's its, fun. That's its next you size can up. Decorate it, right? So you need to go hunting for shells to find this new. You have to find the new shell. So you find it a new shell that's like just a little bigger, right? And you have like three or four in there, and you never see it happen. It happens like in the dead of the night but it'll you'll wake up and it'll be in a different shell like it, it goes out and like kind of picks one i only saw it naked like once you saw it outside of what does it look like when it's done it just it, it looks like uh kind of like a lobster like it would look like a lobster would oh, look if awesome. a lobster was in a shell instead of just its back that's i had cool. two guinea pigs growing up that i liked a bunch because our dog was like the by the time like the dog was the same age as me so by the time i was like 10 it was 10 and like kind of mean like it, like it was real blind. So like, if you came up behind it, would bite you and shit. It wasn't really playful. So I was like, I want something to play with. So I got guinea pigs. Sure. Real treats. We had, a, we had a guinea pig that named Clyde. Clyde died. Yeah. Yeah, guinea pigs died. Is that how you guys got into science? Everything. By died. literally having yeah. guinea pigs. That's true. Was that the intro? I 
I don't know about getting into science. I know I got into dealing with loss by uh, Smokey was this shitty dog we had who would always run away whenever the door opened. And You've had some terrible experiences with dogs, Andy. Not terrible. No, no, no. I mean, you had a roommate, apparently, with a terrible dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my and then God. You That's d- for another episode. You That's don't like our dog episode. now. I don't dislike. I just feel bad Gus because he's awesome. he's mistreated, but not by us. And I just feel like you, you know, know what? Why don't you treat Gus well? Why don't you take Gus? I just out don't have enough time. I treat him. I, if I, I had the hours, the shit, dude, I do all I can for Gus. But it's you know. Yeah, if I had the hours in a day for a dog, I would have gotten my own dog. I feel the same way. There's yeah. a reason I don't have one. Yeah, I wanted to bring Pearl over here today. I just feel like she would. My dog, uh, she would love the, just to hang around the pool. I think yeah, so no. Fun. Oh, dude, Pearl would love it here. Yeah, I we should so. have a listener contest. And the prize is you get to come hang out in this backyard and bring your dog because it's a nice, Pearl will be here, slightly creepy setup. We our have backyard here. is basically a dog park. I mean, how many it's, um, dogs it's love it. Boogie Nights. Uh, we let Matt go in the backyard. He loves it. Matt mm-hmm. runs around. Yeah, you know? I can't be trusted in the front. But <laughs> speaking of running <laughs> around, chasing cars. Speaking of running around, my parents told me when they got rid of the dog. Got rid of I thought Smokey. that was going to be a segue. The way you said oh, it. No, excited. it is. It is. Oh. It is a segue into, into the, what happened to Smokey, our oh, dog. Okay. He, he, would, he would run away week. so much. He would run away so much that my parents found this um, family that had a farm so they could go live there and go run free. And that was what they told us. I was like, oh, well, obviously that makes sense because he wants to run away. Years later, like literally in my 20s, I hear someone joking about the lie parents tell their kids about finding a nice farm for a dog to run free on when it gets put down. Wow. And I was, and I said, that is so funny because my parents actually found a farm for our dog to be. And then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm the dumbest did person. Did you confront them? No, I'm just talking to them. And I said, I said, that's so funny because my parents actually did no, but find did you confront, your parents? confront your parents? No, no, no. I just realized it. I'm like, I am the dumbest confront, kid What if the they world? really like, did, though? What if your parents really You think did your parents that? put the dog down? It's a good, It's kind of like what you were saying. Like, if you had, uh, if you had, if you actually had some pill that, uh. <laughs> if you if you were a Nigerian prince who really needed money to get out of right, and you wanted to email someone, no one's ever gonna pay attention right. to what you said. Well, ask yeah. your parents. The same thing about yeah. If you actually found a farm to give a dog to, well, my no dog really ate that. my homework once when I was in third grade. And you just can't yeah. And guinea gonna... pig ate a book of mine one time. And like, I don't know. I I mean, maybe you got that from your folks. Got what? Well, I remember one time like Gus was like scratching really bad one day. And you're like, should we just get him? Should we just put him down or something? And I was like, dude, it's fleas, man. <laughs> Andy has fleas. Oh my god! <laughs> just look at the case family. He doesn't like raising dogs. And the Wood family's like, take him to the farm. He doesn't like. I just his imagine existence. your parents is just the first time the dog frowns. They take him to yeah. the pound. He keeps <laughs> running away. What should we do? Put it down. I might have to tell the story about when I was briefly a cat hit man in a future episode. <laughs> You're like. what? I can't talk about it a right cat. now. You can't I not talk about it right now. I think about it before I talk about Give it. Give a prologue to the future episode. Oh, it's it's. <laughs> I, I was dating a single mother who was very busy with her. <laughs> job is this a Seinfeld her... episode? Like it sounds like. Um, and she had a cat that. I should not talk about this. Talk about it. I should not. This cat was a piece of shit. He was a horrible, <laughs> horrible cat. Yeah, he was a monster. And uh, so I guess she just bit off more than she could chew and she got him. Like he he, he was, I think he had special needs. Um, he couldn't be oh, so anywhere. He couldn't be inside or outside. He couldn't be in the bathroom or not in the bathroom. Like he had a sibling that was perfectly well behaved. But this cat. Um, this cat sucked. It was, by no fault of its own, it was a constant, I mean, she couldn't ever sleep because no matter right. where it was, it would be, and at a certain point, she was just going insane, didn't know what to do, and she just had to take it to the pound. But you can't take a cat to the pound. Like, they'll, if it's your own, if you find it, you can, but you, you can't take one that's in your possession. Or maybe you can, but they'll just guilt you to no end, and they'll right, talk you can. You can take any animal. 
yeah, but they'll just like shame you into keeping it, you know? And so I finally had to, uh, one day when she and her son were out of the house, I had to sneak in and steal Beck was his name, Beck, like the recording artist. Um, and yeah, I had to, I had to take him to the pound and pretend like I just found him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not proud of that. And I might edit this out because the listeners are going to hate me for doing this. No, I, th- I mean, I thought that you had killed the cat. When you well, okay, let's fast it, forward a day or like... two. When I drop him off, I'm feeling guilt. And I'm like, well, if you guys can't find a home for it, I guess I guess call me. I don't know. Call me tomorrow. Still acting like I just found this cat. Right. And then they they call me within hours like, yeah, no one can go near this thing. This thing's insane. Like it's attacking everyone in here. So you can come get it or else we're putting him down tomorrow. And then you were like, okay, put him down. Nope. This is And this is Beck, guys. Look, he's living with us now. Look, here's Beck. Hey, Beck. Here's hey, Beck. Hey, <laughs> like Martin Scorsese. Wow. Um, so I'm going to edit that entire story out before this episode. Really? No. It, it sounds special needs. It sounds like a special needs guy. Yeah, but I still, you know, feel guilt. I mean, the guilt is more about, like, sneaking into the house. And <laughs> lies were told to the child, no doubt. But you didn't talk to her about it? She didn't say, while well, I'm gone. No, she said, this. go do this while I'm out of the house. So, like, I'll leave this door unlocked. Well, that's really wow, weird. So of she's her. like Lady Macbeth. That's yeah. that's super weird of her. All right. Oh, this has to get edited. That's out. where uh, that is like Macbeth. That's where Out Damn Spot came from. Was from a dog. Yeah. Spot. <laughs> what is this dagger I see before me? <laughs> uh, you know, this is uh, there's a lot of history there. Do you guys feel, feel like I'm a bad person now? No, dude. Mm-hmm. I've known that the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listeners, like listeners, <laughs> don't tell. Uh, I, I can't. I couldn't have done that. I mean, like you're the worst. I can't take a pet there. Um. <laughs> You fucking, you put that, you put it up on Craigslist. You say, hey, I got a cat. Oh, I got a piece of shit cat. Who wants a piece of shit you cat? trick a stranger. That's what Craigslist is for. <laughs> Tricking people. Oh. It's a great fire fire pit. It's yeah. great. It doesn't have holes at the bottom. <laughs> and what's, I'm a woman, What's the fire right? pit going to do? Is the fire pit going to keep you up at night when it howls and throws I'm itself saying, against the bathroom you door? Trick people. Let's go on to the story. Is it going to track, is the fire pit going to track its own shit all throughout the house? Is that Jeez. Um... <laughs> Well, you know what? Then I would just go ahead and kill that fire pit. Okay. That special needs fire pit. Um, Why wouldn't I donate that fire pit to someone else knowing that they'd kill it? Right. <laughs> you would enlist the help of someone else All to right. come. Um, let's just do our historical uh, science part of it. And then this is my favorite. My favorite. I like explorers. They're my f- uh, favorite historical thing to read about. And I read a book recently about Ferdinand Magellan. And uh, this dude was the man. He was pretty cool. So, He's got his own straight, dog. Yeah, dude, his straight is GPS. His straight is straight pimping down there, South America. Um, so here, here's like a real brief overview of Magellan. This dude was born in Port- Portugal, had like a wealthy family, went to the Portuguese um, king. I think it was King Philip II, and he was like, "Hey, I want to go." He, also, he had uh, fought for the Portuguese army and been like wounded, so he's like in service to the king. He has like uh, meetings with him, like he's he's like on a kind of a first name basis with the king, like he's been in front of him a, a couple of times already. Sure. And then he comes up and he he has like naval experience, like um, and he's just like, hey, I want to take an expedition around the world. And he'd also like partnered up with this dude who was like the foremost uh, map maker, cartographer. I guess that's what you had to do back in the day. If you wanted to go on an expedition, you had to kind of persuade a king that it was a good yeah, idea. Yeah, you had to yeah, bankroll absolutely. it. Yeah. Or they just go like, I'm raising money for my charity. Can you sponsor me to yeah. so, sell candy bars in front of a grocery store? To yeah. Get, uh, yeah. So he had this great like cartographer uh, friend of his, and he, they go to King Philip, and he says no. And then he waits around for a little bit, and then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go ask Spain. Hey, King Philip, can I 
leave Portugal and go seek this expedition elsewhere. And he's like, do what you want, do leave me alone. Like he's kind of a dick to him. So then he goes to Spain and I think it was uh, Queen Isabella and King... Queen, Queen Isabella was Columbus, yeah? Yeah, but I mean, this is all like kind of around the same time. I mean, this is... Magellan was 15, 15, 1520 and Columbus is like 1492. How long did Isabella live? I don't know. But she was I, a young queen, yeah? Uh, I, don't, I just know that it was Spain that backed him like like pretty quickly. They're like, okay, you can do that. And then once Portugal heard that, like King Philip was like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say any of that. So um, heard it. Like Magellan leaves. He takes five ships and leaves um, with like 240 men. And they take off over for Brazil. Like, And then they just start going down South America. They're looking for the strait over to get uh, to the Spice Islands, which was right. the whole idea. Was We want to get a faster way to the Spice Islands. Um, so he goes down. Portugal sends out their whole party to go track him down and, like, bring him back as as a traitor for, like, doing this for Spain now. So the whole time he's out there, Portugal's looking for him to be like, you're fucking coming back. You can't do that. You can't leave us. The King Philip, like, exiles all of Magellan's family. Like, he takes a family crest and, like, people shit on it and crazy stuff like that. Sure. Um, so Magellan goes, he has like five ships, but like these Spanish people are pissed off at him, like these high ranking Spanish, like, um, you know, princes per se or whatnot are like high up in command, but he's in command of them and they're pissed off because this Portuguese guy is telling them what to do. So they have a mutiny pretty quick and like, I think one of the ships leaves. It's like, it's like before they leave dock. Yeah. They just immediately have a mutiny. <laughs> It's real quick. Like, if they're in Brazil when it goes down. Or... Do they still have mutinies on ships? I think so. I, I think mean, it's like... way more, like, legal now. Yeah. Like, every, it's like, because you're in a union now. Right. So everyone, like, signs papers and everything, and you can overthrow a captain that way. It's not like, yeah. Really? Yeah. You can have, like, a meeting and overthrow a ship? Yeah, you can, you can have, like, a civil mutiny. Wow. Because it used to be like, no, 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 you're staying on this island. Right. And we got the ship right. now. Right. Um. So, like, he, like, Magellan puts this mutiny down, and then leaves like kills one of the guys uh and then leaves another dude on an island like the two heads of this mutiny who are like high-ranking spanish people so then the other people are still pissed off about that they go down they find the strait of magellan but they don't know that yet it's just a bunch of like arc how convenient that it's yeah, named exactly. the strait of magellan no, what are the it's just a bunch it's like a bunch of um like these it's just these waters that go through really high banks like in south america like i think it's chile is what it is um or argentina and so they go through, it's like a maze they have to make it through. And while they're going through the maze, one of the ships, like, leaves and goes back to Spain. And it's like, yo, Magellan's going off the fucking radar. So they're back in Spain telling, you know, the king and queen that Magellan killed these two people and that he's a horrible person. And Magellan's like, fuck, we lost that ship. And he's lost, like, two ships post that, like, before that, too. So now they're down to two ships. They make it through the Strait of Magellan. They go over to the Spice Islands. They lose another ship. Um, no, they go to Spice Islands. That's when Magellan gets all religious and starts trying to convert all of the all of the like uh, Filipino people when he's in the Philippines. That's where he goes first, <laughs> and that's where he dies because like he gets caught up in like tribal warfare, but one island versus another island. And that's why it's called the Philippines, right, King uh, Philip? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he's not the first person to get there. You know, no. people have been there before, going around like uh, Cape of Good Hope or whatever in Africa. That's Africa. Uh huh. And um, so then this island pits Magellan's crew against this other island, and they're like, "We're outnumbered." And he's like, "That's fine. We have, you know, armor." And he's like, "My armor, I'm worth a hundred people." So he goes and he, him and like twenty or like maybe thirty 
Spanish people fight all of these um, all of these Filipino people, and the Filipino people kill them because there's so many more of them. And it was like this one, the king uh, of the king of that Filipino island, Filipino island. Um, I forget what his name is, but like on the site where Magellan is killed, there's two statues like back to back. One is in praise of Magellan. And the other one, like right next to it, is in praise of the king of the Philippines. And like the Magellan one states, like, here's where Fernand Magellan died. Great, you know, uh, explore, awesome humanitarian, whatnot. And then the other one is like, this is where King so and so killed the evil Magellan <laughs> who was here murdering people. Sure. So, like, side by side. And then what happens is um, they take two ships, they go to Spice Islands, they load up. One of the ships takes off to go. Um, back the way they came they're like fuck it, we're going back across the pacific but they like go north up towards alaska real dumb move and then the other ship's like we'll go back the other way they make it back to spain there's 18 people left out of like 280 that started you, you said 240 earlier okay whatever dude uh <laughs> but there's 18 people make it back um and then as soon as they get back that other ship had been there for like two years being like yo those people are against spain so they get back like we fucking made it and they're instantly like thrown in jail because they're like you guys are traitors Wow. Because that other ship has been there for two years talking their ears off. Like, those guys are fucking assholes. Wow. Nothing to do with science, but I love it. <laughs> I love it. Also, no, here's what they did. They found, they found, uh, this is scientific, they found a Patagonian giant, and they're like, we'll bring him back for research. So they just chained another person. He was like 6'1", but he was a giant. They just the chained him. They've seen. Yeah, yeah, they chained him down in the ship, and uh, he makes it like, Two months and dies. And like, I don't know why our giant died. Oh, you can't well, figure what out what do why. giants eat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what wow. is six one babies and lamb? <laughs> um, God, it, totally God, it was though. easy They're to be impressive there. in the olden days. Yeah, so like I would have been so impressive in the sixteen hundreds, just for living as long as you have. Yeah, just like being, you know, being my intense, like immense height, right? Being able to read. Uh, not being dead at 35 and uh, being over five feet tall. So. Yeah. It'd make you very remarkable. I mean, if I had a cigarette lighter, I'd be king. Oh, God, it's all oh, over Yeah, sure. You'd be emperor of the world. You're a magician. That's all over You're magic. So what did we learn from this? What, what lessons can we apply to our lives scientifically from Magellan's journey? Uh, don't try to convert people. I mean, that's why he got in that big... That's why he died. He got in this religious, like, big war. And I mean, like, before Magellan was killed, like, the whole expedition, I mean, he'd only, like, maybe 40 people had died, like, total. But then afterwards, everybody died. He was, like, a really good leader. Like, I mean, he only made it halfway around the world, but, like, he was good at it. Good at keeping people alive on good a journey. Good at not letting good people Good at people keeping people alive on a journey that you decided to make that was guaranteed to well, kill everyone. Well, did, didn't yeah. Magellan also make a bunch of expeditions before that big one? Uh, I don't think so. He I, was, mean, I thought he was like an explorer before. No, that. he wasn't. I mean, that's really his only thing that he did. I mean, he had been with like the Navy, the Filipino, like, no, the Portuguese Navy. But I don't think he'd gone on any real expeditions before then. Like, mm, not crazy I thought ones. he had. I don't think so. Um, it's another thing you can just I thought he was like pretty much a straight explorer. No, I, not at all. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Uh, another thing straight. back then you could just decide, I'm going to be an explorer now. That's my thing. Yeah, I mean, if right. you were just well, There's no enough. accreditation board to be an explorer. Well, you had to be super loaded. You had to be really... The real thing was he had a friend right. who made connected. those maps. He had a globe, and he was like one of the first people to have a globe. And they also really undershot how long, how big the Pacific was. Like, if they knew, they would have never done it. Like, they thought the right. Pacific was like a third of the Atlantic. Instead, it's three times the Atlantic. Wow. Right. So they got super hungry. Yes, yeah, so they must have just been halfway through, just going, "This is not." <laughs> they like missed. They kept missing these islands, 
like that would have been able to feed them by like maybe like a hundred miles. They'd just kind of be like, there's nothing around and like close by where islands where they could get stopped and get shit. Right. Also, they were like really superstitious. They thought at a certain latitude, uh, the poles would demagnetize and it would pull all of the nails out of your ship and your ship would fall apart. Well, uh, it's it's amazing to me how well you know like a like Martin Luther. You know, if you want to talk like Renaissance, like 1500s dudes, like Martin Luther changed everything. Just the, the whole way we think. Um, but, I mean, he believed in like dragons and shit. <laughs> like he, I mean, yeah. because it's sort of like the way Christianity is right now in Africa. It's like it's still combined with their local religions. Right, and right. they So missionaries come, but then the missionaries leave. Then after like a generation, it gets all mixed together. Okay. So there's like these, uh, there's like hundreds of weird religions in Africa that like believe in Jesus, but they also believe in like voodoo and like it's, it gets really convoluted. And it, it used to be like that the further you got away from Rome with Christianity. So by the time you got to Wittenberg in Germany, where Martin Luther was, you had people that are also pagan. So they believe in like trolls and dragons right. and they also believe in Jesus so, so it's, like, it's like a religious game of telephone, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just telephone going yeah, away from They were like, praise Jeebus. <laughs> we heard it was Jeebus. <laughs> so like, but yeah, the further away you get, the more screwed up it gets. So like you would have people that are, we think of as these great thinkers or great explorers, telephone. but then they, they believe some things that are insane. Like, telephone is such a more appropriate name for it. Yeah. Religion? No, no. In the UK, we call it Chinese whispers. <laughs> oh my God. What? <laughs> Brooks will be great whispers. at that. I know you'll be very good oh, at that. Oh, they'll be a quiet. Uh, uh, also, I don't know what it is about the UK and China, but we call like the twisting on the wrist thing with a, we call them Chinese burns. Wow. We call them snake bites. I'm surprised. Or Indian it's not, burns sometimes. I'm really isn't surprised it? Indian, it's not Indian burns. burns. Yeah. 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 You guys hate the Dutch so much. I'm surprised there isn't some Dutch slur that involves. No, the, the only Dutch one, the only sort of mention of Dutch is when you split a bill in a. No, no, no. Show. Look it up. Because of the Anglo-Dutch wars, you guys have tons of insults to the Dutch. Like a Dutch concert, that's a slang term for just a drunken uproar. Oh, yeah, Dutch oven? <laughs> that's not related. Dutch that's oven. an actual cooking thing. That's a, um, but no, there's lots of, there's a bunch <laughs> it's of a Dutch It's a cooking insults. thing you can do to someone. <laughs> you could cook and then also fart on somebody, yeah. But no, you guys have lots of Dutch slurs, yeah. And the Dutch treat thing is obviously a reference to the Dutch being cheap. Yeah. Like it's all this, uh, yeah, going, going Dutch. Yeah, hold on, Anglo-Dutch slant. Uh, well, because the Dutch haven't been our enemies for a lot. Like, the French have been our enemies much more recently. Right. Okay, according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong... Um, it, like, we have French kissing, what's English kissing? What would that be? Oh, pretty much the same, but we bow first. Oh, we bow first. I feel like you would just... And for Spanish kissing, you say bowed, if you know what I mean. I yeah. don't know it. No. no. No, not do I. I think English kissing, you guys rub teeth. <laughs> like, instead of tongues, just teeth. Like, that's it. Am I right? That's right, right? Yeah, I thought so. I'm still looking up, uh, let's say, list of ethnic slurs on Wikipedia. Oh, God. <laughs> this is useful, <laughs> right? right? This All is a right. good... Just start reading them. Just start right. right. Just blindly pick one and start going down it. We should probably end it before Andy gets us canceled. <laughs> wait, wait. From no one that we publish with. Well, guys, it's been fun. It has been fun. You'll um, have to look up Dutch stuff on your own, you guys. But suffice to say, the British and Dutch don't get along. Yeah, yeah so you've got some shows coming up that... Uh... Oh, uh, yeah. The, well, this week I'll be at um, Laughs in Kirkland, headlining Wednesday, Thursday. and um, Kirkland where? Sorry. Kirkland, Washington. Yeah. Okay. Outside of Seattle. Laughs Comedy Spot. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, I'm there with Andy Kindler. Very nice. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, then I have, just check check my Twitter and my Facebooks and all that for stuff at around L.A. Jesse Case. Case. And then right? the, next, the next kind of road stuff I have is the, uh, the Bridgetown Festival coming up. 
We haven't talked much about that, but yeah, there's, no, a, there's you guys, a festival. I, I figure there's plenty of episodes for yeah, you. Yeah, we should sure. record one there. Like, not live, but like in a hotel room. Maybe we will. We well, should. We, yeah. yeah, if anybody here is a fan of comedy and lives in the Northwest, there's a festival called the Bridgetown Comedy Festival that happens in April. In Portland. In Portland. I'm one of the organizers of that, and it's a good time. By the time this goes up, we will already have tickets on sale, so you'll already know that uh, the lineup includes lots of great comics like Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric fame, Marilyn Ricecup from 24, Doug Benson, so many, many more. 230 comics. Way too many. Um, but yeah, go to BridgetownComedy.com for info on that. Andy, we don't have to perform. We don't have to go. I just want to tell no, you guys too many. in some way that wouldn't be awkward, and I figured on the podcast. Was I can't go? It, so. Look, if you want to sneak in and take us to the pound, Andy, you can. Yes. <laughs> it's not. It's just, it's just that you guys keep me up at night, and I think your special needs, and I think someone else I should I want to go inside, but I can't go inside. <laughs> yeah. I should probably mention at some point that I'm at Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids, and then Denver Comedy Works later on in the month. Nice. So if you're in Denver or Michigan near the Grand Rapids area, see me there. That That's was at this area. point. That wasn't at some point at all. Well, you you see, just mentioned it. See me then. I, this I point is one of some points. It's one of the points. <laughs> sure, it's, it's a point. Yeah, it's, it's a point. point. All right, well, we're just going to ramble on cool. off into the night. Yep. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next. Uh, With more know, science know. news and stories. And... and guess what? Our intro and outro music composed by Jesse Case. Oh, shit. Oh, we didn't right. even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Case is the man behind Behind the music you're about to hear right right about now. Now, good night.